Welcome everyone to the Psychic Wives podcast with Ginger Hendry, Jerry Carabin, and Kathy Rumsey. Here we discuss all things energetic, spiritual, intuitive, and yes, psychic. You'll learn about things like Reiki, animal communication, mediumship, or maybe just how to manage your energy on a daily basis. We'd like this to be a place where you can come to open your mind and allow yourself to create a better version of you. It's all about everyday living with a twist. and welcome to this episode of the psychic wives i'm kathy rumsey i'm ginger hendry and i'm jerry carabin and today we have a special guest with us debbie draves leg is with us uh she is a few different things uh including a personal friend of mine but she's a an author a transformational presence coach an equine facilitated practitioner and i think a couple other things too debbie but i don't have your info right in front of me. I'm, I memorized it while well, I tried anyway. She's winging um, it. <laughs> I'm totally winging it. Um, and today we have Debbie on to talk about a book that she recently published called Ponies Girl Parables. So hi, Debbie. Welcome to the show. Hi, Kathy. Ginger Jerry. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So, um, so we're talking uh, just a little back back info for everybody. Um, Ginger and I met you, Debbie, what, in 2017, I want to say? I think it um, was. At your retreat center in Costa Rica, Ginger and I, actually, we met that trip, right? We had, that was our first trip meeting, um, that we went down for a week-long equine facilitated learning retreat in Costa Rica. And we'll talk more about that later, but um, you've since left Costa Rica and moved back to the United States and um, decided to write a book, which is super cool. So we're here today to talk about your book and what inspired you to write the book. Um, So why don't you give us a little background on on that on the book say the title again so everybody can get the exact title of it so they know where to find it on amazon (laughs) so it's called ponies girl parables and um debbie what what did inspire you to write the book how did you come up with the idea for it uh well it was a process in itself uh when we uh when the pandemic hits in the beginning, beginning of March, 2020, I guess, is when the big explosion kind of happened. We, we closed our hotel and moved, decided to come back to the United States and take care of family. And because we didn't know, you know, really what was gonna be happening with that. And Right, because tourism, tourism stopped in Costa Rica. Right, no right. tourism, and still is not, of course, not very good. But, um, but we were fortunate enough then to sell the hotel in, um, in April of that year to someone that was gonna buy it um, the year before actually. So we decided to stay in the US and um, we were in, at that time we were living in Alabama with Steve's dad taking care of them from the, um, during the, the first part of the pandemic. And Steve said, Debbie, hey, why don't you write a book about all those experiences that you had with people and horses in Costa Rica and everything that you learned there during this kind of sabbatical period of our lives, I guess. 
I think he wanted to get me out of his hair, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm like, yeah, that's a good idea. So I kind of like wrote an outline um, to what would be in the book. And um, I don't know, somehow it just didn't feel very, I mean, of course I could write down all of these stories, but then this, a lot of things were very specific and I wanted to protect people's company. So then that didn't really go exactly what wanted to happen. And in the meantime, I was going through a coaching course with Alan Seal, who's the founder of Transformational Presence um, Coaching. And this type of coaching is centered around um, quantum physics, actually. When I tested, uh, did my checkout test for the uh, coaching certification, you know, one of the questions is, tell me two concepts of quantum physics and how do you use them in your coaching? So it's, um, it's oh, wow. pretty scientific, yeah. And, uh, and so here, I'm, Ellen is asking me this question. I'm like, oh my God, but anyway, I did okay. So, so then I, at the same time when I was going through this course in 2020, I was also, this book was wanting to um, evolve, I guess I would say. And one of the questions that I ask is my clients is what wants to happen? Right. And when we look at what wants to happen, we're not, we're kind of saying we're not in control of it, but we're in being in service to what is being asked of us. So and I felt this book was, you know, about all, there's some reason 14 years of these experiences and retreats in Costa Rica and the magical things that happened there with my clients and, um, and how, and also, you know, being in the rainforest, that connection with nature and feeling connected back to this whole fabric of what earth is and even beyond earth, I guess, in this quantum field is what was going on. And my background as a registered nurse, 30 years working ICU was very scientific. So I kind of, I like this idea of thinking of it as a, in a more scientific way, but anyway. Um, so one day I was coaching myself um, about the book. And one, uh, one of the things, uh, it, one, one method is to put the topic, whatever it is in front of you. I was down by the pond and, um, and I put the topic of the book in front of me and we and lo started looking at and letting the topic, the book speak to me about what it wanted to be. And so as I you went around and I look, you look at it from all these angles, moving around the topic energetically, and then getting it, listening to the feedback in this more um, receptive place versus doing place at that time. And then look and at so it. And so you're basically saying you're listening to the feedback about it from your higher self, really. Yes. Yeah, okay. exactly. Exactly. And um, so I, I get, I think of our body as like our hardware that we're here on earth in this hardware, like a computer hardware, and then the energetic body or a harder self is a software that's kind of ru running the show, right? Um, <clears throat> I didn't always think that way, but anyway. <laughs> so, uh, so, and then I heard it's, it's a children's book. It's kind of what came, I'm like, oh, well, that's a good idea. I'm looking at it in the, in, as a children's book. And then eventually, so I started to look at it. At, the first title was Pony's Boy Parables. And I was going to write this random stories um, related to the energetic places in our body, the seven chakras. Um, but then I was, the guy kind of got stuck again. I took a look at the topic and actually I have a horse named Cowboy and he just was helping me one day. And I realized it's supposed to be, Pony's Girl is supposed to be about me and my stories. 
and then and then things started to kind of come in the way they wanted to come in. I love how you, uh, like you're saying, it's a children's book. And yes, you can absolutely see how, you know, young adult would be totally attracted to this, but um, it's still pretty powerful for adults. Like for me, there was definitely highlighting going on, you know, in the book, like, oh my God, great reminder. Oh my God, great reminder. So it was, for me, it was a really good um, bringing it back to basics sort of reminder mm -hmm. kind of of those very powerful statements, those very powerful, you know, the truth, you know, do you know, do you know what I mean? Like, so I think what I want to say is it's, it's, you know, it's it, yes, ch young adult would be great reading this or children or whatever would be great reading this, but don't discount it if you're an, if you're an adult, because I oh, found, absolutely. I found it, I found it awesome. I really, really enjoyed wow, it. Well, thank, thank you, Jerry. Yeah, well, go, well, going on then, when I started writing it, actually, and I, I, start, I wrote it in a way using the language maybe of a nine or 10-year-old, right? And, I, and then as, so as the content, honestly, was coming through me, and I think my fingers would type it, it was kind of interesting phenomenon in a way, um, and then when I would go back and edit what was coming through and I would have it having to dumb it down. I don't know if that's not really the right word, but the right word, but anyway, into a, to something that a nine or a 10 year old could, could understand. It didn't feel right at all. So that's where the parable form came in. So for me as parables, they, we, as a society stories, learning things in stories helps in, in a parable form helps it resonate with us personally, each person personally. And also stories told as parables are ways to start a dialogue between a parent and a child. Yeah. Yeah. And, and or people. And yeah. that's the whole idea. I know this pondering, she has a pondering chair. She goes in and, and we don't take time anymore to just ponder these concepts and ideas that have created us in our culture. Yeah. The other thing that um, I love how you showed. Uh, and yeah, I, first of all, I agree with the whole parable thing, because it's true. The difference between somebody sitting there, you should think this, you should think this, you should think this. And here's a parable because you get into it. You're like sitting there like, OK, she's in the pondering chair. Now she's going through the whole thing or what do we call that? <laughs> do you know what I mean? When she yeah. goes through to the other side and you're following her and you're seeing the snake and you're seeing the you know, um, and, and it's way more powerful that way to me. That's how I read. Give me a story as opposed uh -huh. to telling me A, B, C, D. The other right. thing that I want to point out that I really, really enjoyed is the growth that you showed of girl from the very beginning to the end, like as she was getting older um, throughout the book. And, and you did a really good job of, of showing that. Like you, I, you could feel her getting older, kind of, you know, becoming more oh. of a teenager or something. And I really, that stuck, stuck out for me. I was like, wow, okay, that's a, that's a really cool thing. So I enjoyed that part of it too. I'm a well, fan that, of this that, book, that, can you tell? Well, <laughs> oh, wow, I'm so happy. Yeah, thank you. And, um, and it's so interesting because that, some, that what you just said, that's the first time I heard that about you picking up on how she aged yeah. in the church. And and I think it's important to recognize if we, to age and mature in a way 
that supports our own personal growth starts when we're little kids. Yeah. And she trusted, she learned to trust herself. Like at first she's like, whoa, what the heck just happened or whatever. And then towards mm-hmm. the end, she's like, all right, let's dive in. You know what I mean? And she, mm-hmm. she started trusting the information that she was receiving. And I think on yeah. any, you know, for any age level, you meet it where you are as well. So you can get something yeah. out of it, no matter yes. what age you are, because I ended up, I didn't do Kindle. I ended up buying the hard copy because I wanted my daughter to be able to read it to my grandson who's eight. Um, Cause I thought, I know my, I know it will resonate with my daughter and I think it will for him too, because it is in that form. It is in the parable form. And so he can understand it on a more simply, uh, you know, meet him where he is at at eight years old and -hmm. he could read it again in five, six, 10 years and he will have evolved and he'll be able to, you know, do the same to, to pick up the same at, at the level that he's at. So I loved it. I, I, I thought it was great. Well, I, I read the first chapter to my grandson, who is nine, just turned nine. And we read it on, on, online. I read it online to him. First, he wanted to read, read it, but he got frustrated because some of the words he didn't know. And so then then he just kind of got, got stuck. I said, well, let's be just because of how he is. I said, well, let's stop and talk about that word. And then I, and then he really didn't want to do that. I said, let me just read it to you. It'll be more fun. So then he's like, okay. So I read it to him. And then at the end of the first chapter, I said, so what do you, what, what did you, um, what did you understand from, from that story? And he said, she learned how to make decisions. Trust Mm -hmm. yourself to make a decision. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I think that's a really cool thing that you brought up, Ginger, and that that you're validating there, Deb, is the yeah. ability, the, the reading it with your, your child and then stopping at those places of what does that mean to you? Because again, it's going to mean something totally different to a nine-year-old than it is to a 57-year-old. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, I think that that could be just really cool to kind of start kids off on a, on a, a good grounded, a, a good ground, you know what I mean? To start them off, like with all those little, you know, uh, statements, you know, those little, uh, points that you make for each, uh, chapter or each uh-huh. parable there. Um, super cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why at the end, I re- I mean, I didn't know this is what was, what was going to happen. I didn't plan it in, in, a, in a, uh, ahead of time, but each chapter then has an appendix that goes with it. So there, someone can take it to take the content in each chapter to a ne- the next level, depending on where, where they're at or, or who the audience is. And that includes a meditation and also um, talks about the archetype, expands the idea of the archetype of each chapter a little bit more. And then there's these, these pondering questions to spur up conversation within whatever age group is hanging is is um is reading the this chapter and then also then the backstory of each chapter where it came from where the the content came from for that parable so yeah so it's so cool because it's it sounds like the the process that you went through in coming up with what you were going to write and then actually writing it you were connected to your higher self like you said the words were just coming through you and you were typing them mm-hmm. which is so cool because there are I have a couple other books that are like that where it's like 
this, these aren't my words. This was me connecting to a higher place and just basically I'm the transcriptionist. Um, and to, to get to that place, you, I know you have a, a regular meditation practice and, and it's really all about mindfulness. And then you've incorporated it into the book with the girl and her mindfulness practice with the pondering chair. And then you're providing that same mindfulness practice for the readers between the meditation, you have a coloring journal that goes along with it. Um, it's, it's a whole, it, you know, it's so interesting that especially for younger kids, like you said, your, your grandson's age and, and Ginger's grandson's age is really the, it, it's, almost it would be a great school book. I was just thinking the same thing. If yeah. a teacher could bring this in, you know, and then allow and the kids to take, it would be so cool. It would be so cool. Yeah. Hey, can I ask you about, so for um, listeners, so the story is is about the girl and her pony. Um, and the, other than when she goes through, or does she, the bee is the narrator. Can you talk a bit about the bee? Did that like, why is it a bee? Like, I, I love the very beginning how um, we see the bee and the, the dad swatting the bee, like trying to get this bee out of here. And the horse, no, 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 the pony, no, 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 takes the bee. And um, so there's that con connection or that relationship there. How did the bee happen? Was that just another, oh, I think it's a bee, you know, like a download for you or, cause I really liked the bee. I know that sounds weird. I love well, the bee. <laughs> well, that that scenario um, that in the the backstory for that chapter is that happened to me when I was working with a group of clients. Oh, that's or, right. You uh, say that in the book. Right. That's right. That's yeah. right. With with a family, I was working with a family in this um, little clearing at um, in Costa Rica in the jungle, and this big giant bee like as big as a ping pong ball kept bugging us for this every day it would come out and just like like it was you know like all this clumsy big bee and then the um finally i like i i decided well i'm gonna have to kill the bee because i didn't want it to get to sting the kid so when i went to go and smack it dorado the horse i was working with grabs the bee by his forehead if you want to say yeah. and starts to bounce it on his forehead and trots away and bounces this big bee into the rainforest and then comes back into the circle where we were working. <laughs> and then I was just like, uh, okay, did anyone else just see that? <laughs> yeah. And then the family, the dad and the mom were like, did you see it? I'm like, I don't know. What did you see? You know? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> and, and then, um, and then the bee, and then Dorado was just staring at me and I was like, well, oh, thank you for saving us from the bee. And then he stayed there like right in front of me still and I said, oh, thank you for saving the saving bee from the me. Bee from me. <laughs> and that's when I realized this whole world is not the way I thought it was. So and that was a really cool story that it's so, yeah, I remember. Sorry, I forgot about that, that you explain okay. that in the end, which brings us to another thing that's really cool is at the end of the parables, it's after them, right? You kind of talk about the different stories that actually happened to you. Uh, mm -hmm. And the people that you met, the cowboy farmer guy that I loved, um, yeah. and so it explains how some of these chapters, some of these parables are based on things that actually happen to you. 
Um, so it's interesting uh-huh. that, okay, so that B thing. So then that came to you as like, okay, the B's going to narrate this. So do you, would you say that mm-hmm. that story right there got you like, huh? Like there was a turning point in your life when you saw that happen between the horse and the bee. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like that was, yeah. that was the, that was really, I would guess I would say that was um, the end of the way I saw the world in an old way. And I saw the world in a completely new way. The end of a disconnect maybe between. No, just the way the why had categorized in my head how the world was. Yeah. That, okay, these are bees and these are humans and this is the earth and this is a tree. And they're not connected maybe the way we thought. And then I was like, oh no, everything is connected. Either everything is connected or nothing is connected. Right. That's so cool. Yeah. I forgot about that. And that's the first story that you tell about the bee. And it does make it really powerful that you're looking at these stories. And of course, when you're first reading, you're like, oh, stories, this is a lovely story that she made up. This is a cool story that she made up. But then at the end, you explain that, nope, didn't make them up. (laughs) Actually happened. You know what I mean? Which, which kind of makes you, makes it even more powerful. You know what I mean? That this actually happened with this horse and, and, and uh, everything. Um, and I love that too. The, the farmer who the, the cowboy farmer who saves the horse um, yeah. and then talks to an animal communicator. And um, I don't want to give too much away because I don't want the whole, you know, everybody to be like, know what happens already, but um, just really powerful stuff. I loved it. I loved it. Really. And what's great about the bee is if you get the, audible edition the narrator who narrates the the man that you chose to narrate and be the voice of the bee is you couldn't have picked (laughs) a, a, a richer more beautiful narrator he just does such a phenomenal job with um with being the bee. <laughs> yeah, being the yeah. bee. Well, I had no I had no idea like who was gonna narrate it. And I didn't even know I was gonna do an auto audio version until I came up in a in a meditation one day. Like, do you need to do the audio now? I'm like, oh my God, I thought I was done. No, I need to do the audio. And um, and so when I was writing the book last this this version of the book last winter in this new old old house that we have here in Virginia, that's a 150-year-old house. And um, that was only heated with the wood stove at the time. And anyway, I was kind of like um, really in this sabbatical kind of a feel, really isolated in this in this rural area. And I and so for my ego, I guess, to get out of the way, to be in control of what was being written, I was listened to, which is like I don't know why. I ended up listening to. I, I was looking up this um, this. Um, song uh what's his name um, one love by the rastafarian guy um bob marley right oh yeah okay and so i'm like that was for chapter four i was working on chapter four and then anyway so i wrote in one love and i'm like i should listen to that song well this other song one love is is by hootie and the blowfish darius rucker mm-hmm. and i'm like oh i never heard that song let me listen to that so i had like these headphones on and I was listening to that and oh my god chapter four wrote itself while I was listening to this song by Hootie and the Blowfish it's the most beautiful song and so 
so anyway, I ended up listening to various rocker music to stay in my higher self, which is like, sounds kind of wild, but that was kept my ego kind of quiet. You got to do what you got to do. Well, no, what I think is so great about that is that people think that we're all, you know, like sitting around our crystal balls and stuff like that, but it's Cootie and the Blowfish. Yeah, right. Cootie and the Blowfish, yeah. So anyway, so... So it's never nothing's ever random, right? So I, when I was trying to pick the, uh, figure out who's going to be the voice of the bee, um, and I list, I was went to this platform called Up, Upworks, I think it is, and it's mm-hmm. these freelancers, right? And I listened to this guy's um, promo, which was a wine commercial, and I was like, oh my god, I should interview him. And I, he, he, we had a, then we interviewed, and he sounds like Darius Rucker, right? <laughs> his voice. Yeah. So I said, Oh my God, it's the beat. And I started crying. He read me the first chapter and I was just crying. I'm like, oh I'm my not God, really so cool. but, and he, and I said, it's just, so the bee is this voice kind of between Darius Rucker, Morgan Freeman and, mm. um, and uh, Darth Vader. What is that guy's name? James. Uh-huh. James, James Earl Jones. Yes. James Earl Jones, right? See, now I totally have to go listen to the audio. Oh, you totally I know. Have to I read the book. I totally have to go listen to the audio now. Just James Earl Jones. That's great. And, so, and he does all the voices without it being, we had a lot of meetings about how to do the voices, like of my grandma. Including the voice of the horse. And the voice Chewing. of the horse. Uh-huh. Oh, right. <laughs> and, and Pony's voice is this old British man he does. But it's not... Um, but it's, not, funny. <laughs> but, it's, but it's not cheesy you know he said we yeah. can't make it too cheesy and then there's a this wise gandhi character in chapter two and he even does that kind of voice i mean it's it's he does a really really good job and does he do what is it ma 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 yes oh my god yeah that voice then shivers he goes this uh, this like Oh, this is goddess voice. voice. I mean, it's, yeah, it's so cool. And then he sings in chapter Uh, five. She sings a lot in chapter five. And so he sings. Yeah. And I, and when he did it, he, I was just like, I can't believe bringing it to life. And then my husband did the um, illustrations. And so it was this beautiful way that he, like this guy could see inside what the voices should want to be like and then my husband was able to read it and see in my head I guess what the characters look like I don't know so it was this this like this is what I said like everything is connected yeah how long did it take oh sorry Kath go ahead no it's just the the illustrations are incredible yeah and then I, I mentioned before you have the the coloring journal where you basically made your husband go back and redo all the illustrations. <laughs> but in a way that people could color them in. Exactly. Oh, that's neat. That's neat. Yeah. Debbie, how long did it take you to, to do it? You know, soup to nuts. I guess about a year, I suppose. Okay. Yeah. But if I would have, by the next one, I'm, I think it's supposed to be about the, this, the five elements and, and connecting us back into these elements of earth. Um, and it will t- it won't be take so long because I, I I know how to get out of my own way now. I was just yeah. gonna say now you know how to just let the let it yeah. let it happen versus fighting the fighting it. 
and right. think you have to have some process or you have to be more more involved. Just turn on some Hootie and the Blowfish, sure. Right. <laughs> And isn't that how it always happens? We talk about that all the time when we talk about that when when we all teach, you know, people, you know, you know, students would be like, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. And I always say, well, stop that. Yeah. You know, don't try, yeah. allow. Just let yeah. it happen. You know, just let yeah. it happen, allow it to happen. And that, that you know, that same old stop shooting on your house. I sh- shooting on yourself. I should be doing it this way. I should be doing it this way. Yeah. So yeah, your next one is going to like, Whip well, <laughs> well speaking, you know, speaking of that shooting, so I kept hearing from people, what is your audience? What is your target audience? And I'm like, well, so that's when I kept trying to put it in like these categories of kids or not kids or blah, 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 blah. And I like, I can't, that's not what's coming in. It's coming in and, and that's also reinforced the, the parable idea, which which was able to support that wider audience. And and it, and that's probably why it works so well. Like you saying, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't pick a certain audience. So you didn't force yourself to pick a certain audience and you went with this parable thing. And that's probably the fact that you didn't try to do it a certain way or force yourself to do it a certain way that it works so well for children to adults. Um, you know, again, and which is why I said that at the very beginning, I don't want anybody to think that, you know, well, I'm not a kid. This book doesn't resonate, isn't going to resonate with me. No, it's gonna, you know, right. so the fact that you didn't try probably makes it work even better, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. or, or why it works so well for everybody. Well, and I think as, as an adult, you, you, you get the book, you read the book and it obviously spoke to me and spoke to all of us because really with the space that we're in now, but the first thing I thought was of my grandson, um, because all of everything that's in there talking about us all being connected. We don't, we don't teach that. Well, yeah. Know? Isn't there this part of us that goes, God, I wish I'd had this when I was young. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, um, this generation, like my grandson's generation is more open to that because we have evolved. Um, and so I think this is a great start for a younger age, but I don't know that necessarily anybody not much and say it that way. I was moved to buy the hard copy so that he could read it. Um, and so I, I, I feel like that's sort of the route that it would start would be the adult reads it and said, oh my God, I'm going to give this to my kids, my grandkids, you know, whatever the case is, it speaks to people. Um, and, and I think it puts them in the mindset, particularly somebody who's maybe not I don't want to say not as evolved. I don't mean it in, in, in a, any condescending way, um, but just say, yes, like I didn't think of that either. And this is such a great way for me to understand um, how things work. Yeah. And funny because the, my first thing was like, Ooh, I have a friend that I totally have to get to read this. I totally have to send it to her. But now that you're saying that I'm like, Oh my God, she's got four grandchildren. Right. But you know, of course I'm not in the kid space, but you know, I would, I didn't even think of that until you like, because again, I'm not thinking, I mean, yes, kids, great, but I'm coming from an adult space. So yeah, I'm now I'm totally going to say you have to read this book. You have to get it to your, your grandkids. Um, and the grandkids are those, her grandkids are very, they're already kind of getting it, um, mm. you know, because their parents are friends with people like us. You know, so that so that awesome people, you mean awesome, <laughs> amazeball people, um, <laughs> you know, so so that 
this wouldn't be like, oh God, it would be like, yes, you know, give me that. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm spreading it all over the place. Right. Well, and I, and I wrote it, it doesn't sound like if people that are not, um, to attune to the deeper layers of information that's held in the parables, it's okay. Yeah, it's still the story. Yeah, it's a story, and they'll get out of it what they what they're meant to mm -hmm. get out of it. And maybe yeah. it'll open people up a little. Maybe it, maybe it won't. Maybe it, they'll just be reading some great stories. But then also, maybe it's one of those like I think Ginger or Kathy or whoever said it. Ginger, I think you did that. You read it and you're like meh, and you throw it on your shelf, and you know, five years down the road or ten years down the road, you're like, read it again and get something completely different out of it. I mean, I know I have that. I have spiritual books or whatever sitting on the shelf and I haven't looked at it for 10 years. And then I do. And it's like, whoa, oh, I didn't get that, that I didn't get that from it. You know what I mean? And now all of a sudden it's like your favorite book or something. Um, so it does, uh, it will, what do they say? Stand the test of time. Well, I think oh. in, uh, I went to private Catholic college and there was a nun my freshman year who said something much more eloquently than I'll say but she said every single thing that crosses your path person something that you read whatever changes you in some way you may never know what that way is um but every single experience is you know it deepens and enriches you and for this I really feel like no matter what level that you're at there is a point because I did multiple times say Oh, like I could feel that connection. Like, good, like that makes so much sense the way that this is uh, written or the, or the mm -hmm. story. So I can't, I can't believe that anybody, no matter what level that they're at, um, and not level, but understanding, um, would not deepen mm -hmm. <laughs> that thought. I just, it, it just leads you that way. And I think because of the way you, you know, that you did write it in parable, I just, it was awesome. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks. Really good. Well, I have to say, I just remember when I realized that it wanted to be, to reinforce it being a parable, one of my clients, um, coaching clients, he, um, he said, I sent you a present. And I'm like, what? And he goes, don't get excited. It's just a book. And so he was, um, his own intuitive capacities were, um, were really emerging in during the, the first part of the pandemic. And so I was working with them anyway. And so he said, I, I was told to send you this book. That's what he said. I'm like, who told you? He goes, you know, God. <laughs> <laughs> them. And so, and so I'm like, okay. So he sent me the alchemist. Wait, oh, uh, so that reminded me, Jerry, what you said. And I knew I needed to read this book. I never read it. I've yeah. never read it either. Oh my God, it is it's so on, good. It's on my side table right now because it's the book. It's like, I need to read this. You have to I, read that book. I've had it for 20 years sitting on a different bookshelf and I brought it in and put oh, it on my side table next to my bed. That's funny because that's one of those books that you read and five years later, you read it again and you're like, whoa. We listened to it in an audio book. My husband and I, when we were on a trip a couple of months ago, because he had not read it. And he was like, I, I think I'm supposed to read this. And I'm like, let's listen to it in the car. And he was like, whoa, do you know, it, that is such a good book. And I got to say this. What did your friend say? Your friend say, don't get all excited. It's just a book. Oh my God. Yeah. Somebody says they're sending me a book. I'm doing the, the happy dance. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. I'm like a book, you know? 
So, so I read it he, and then he kept bugging me to make sure I read it. And this is right when I was in a really stuck point in the book. And this is when I read The Alchemist, I finished it. I went out, I, I, I can't believe I forgot. I went out and then I was sitting, sitting with my horse cowboy and I was like, oh my God, it's supposed to be about me and my journey. Uh, it's yes. not supposed to be about some random kid, it's me. Yeah. And then, then my horse is like giving me all the, the behaviors. I says, finally, you know, you human, you got it. You know, <laughs> when the horse like lowers their head, they look and chew and they go from the state of holding space in such a powerful way for us to being relaxed because that's because yeah. yeah. you receive, you know, the message you're supposed to receive. Anyway, so, so yeah, that alchemist is a similar um, book so, to what you're saying. Yeah. So I love that you said this because for everybody out there, we always, you know, we, I think we said it before, there are no random things, every, you know, universes in divine order and stuff. So um, it's a great example of how if you allow it and you watch for these things to come in, like, mm -hmm. so when Debbie, you're sitting here writing this book and, you know, you, somebody, Hey, I'm supposed to send you this book, you know, or, Hey, this is, you know, the, whatever, all these things happen that the universe puts in front of you mm -hmm. that makes it come out the exact way it was supposed to come out and better than you could have ever imagined it yeah. coming out. That's, that's kind of a great example of that allowing as opposed to trying to make something happen, you know? And that, that's been the big, uh, my big lesson of, of my life. And I think, I guess where I'm at right now, I'm used to being, able to make a plan, write a, write a PowerPoint presentation and make something happen. And so this, this um, with the support in the background, I guess, of my higher self, because I'm, I am still following um, what is being asked of me, but I, I'm, I think during this last year of the pandemic, being here, it's really shifting into a focus of totally listening and stepping into what is being asked instead of it, it's happening more intentionally now versus um, what felt random before, but now it's very intentional. All right, tell me, I'll do it. Yeah. So there was a big learning experience for you writing the book as well. Yeah. yeah. That's so interesting, Deb, because I know we've had conversations, uh, Kathy and, and Jerry and I, about sort of where we are right now. And not sure if it's um, because of the pandemic sort of exacerbated or the age that we're at or whatever, but, you know, I'm a doer also. And, and that what you just said really speaks to me. That's how I've always done everything. Okay. I have a plan. I have six steps to get to this and that, and I feel good and I feel empowered and I've lost that mojo. Um, and I have consciously stepped back um, and I have felt lousy about it up until recently. So I was feeling, what is wrong with you? Like, you know, you should be do doing you, this. You should be doing should that. You should be, should be, should be. You always have what's wrong. You're, you're failing or, you know, probably didn't have that, that kind of energy, but um, kind of disappointed in myself. And it's only been really recently that I've said, I'm in a good place. I, I, I don't have to do all the time. I've never really had a chance to be <laughs> yeah. and that's kind of where I am and it's worked out much better things op have opened up for me and paths that I didn't necessarily think would open up and I feel better I don't feel so judgy on myself for not being who I was you know for many years so it's it, it it's interesting I I don't know if the pandemic shifted for a lot of us in that way but uh, it's a good place to be well, I, I feel like it's a collective energy 
that is that especially if you are attuned to tapping into that field you're we're all resonate we people are resonating at that certain place and, and experiencing that shift at the same time and it's letting go of what isn't serving anymore and moving into the place of a new truth a new way to be well i love oh, oh, feedback there so oh. go again i love what you said about asking um mm-hmm. where i need to be like show me what you right. know what, 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 um, and I do, that is something I consciously do before I do a reading, but I don't typically do it for the day. So yeah. I love that. I, I, I think in my morning, I, I don't always meditate, but I'd say more reflection um, mm-hmm. as a practice of meditation, but it's to say every day, you know, show me the way, what, what, what do I need to do? Where do I need to put my energy? Because um, if we just do that, we just ask, what wants to happen today? Instead of what do I need to do today? It sets yes. the day out in a whole nother way. But if you say what wants to happen and then what is my responsibility to that? It yep. becomes something that we're living into. And- yeah, and another way to, to say that, um, I was talking with a friend of mine uh, last week about those kind of things and, and what do I have to do? What do I have to do? What do I have to do? Sometimes shifting that focus, what do I get to do? What do I get to do today? What do I get mm-hmm. to do today? Um, makes it like, you know, oh, goody. What do I get to do today? Right. You know, and it, it shifts your focus. It helps you get into that allowing space as opposed to that I have to space or I should space. Um, and, you know, I think it, it raises your vibration. And so then all that good stuff comes in, you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, all that good stuff comes in. Awesome. Well, Debbie, thank you so much for talking to us about the book. We are going to bring you back for a part two. So everyone uh, stay tuned. We're going to be talking to Debbie again soon about um, your experiences. You ran a, you ran a retreat center in Costa Rica for 14 years using uh, horses as co-facilitators and um, Ginger and I both experienced it twice. We both were there for two week-long retreats and um you know just to give a little a little hint of of what's to come in that conversation um it was life-changing for me it was six years ago and it it did it changed my life um so we'll be back to talk about that but before we let you go we always like to ask our guests we totally stole this by the way from inside the actor studio so we are not taking credit for these questions but just to to give our listeners a little more of an idea of who you are. We just have a few questions. I'm gonna pick a couple of them. The first I'm interested in knowing is what was your religious or spiritual upbringing? Catholic. Catholic, okay. I don't think we've ever had anyone other than Catholic. What is wrong with us? Catholic and without emotion. No emotion in my family, no. There you go. What are you crying about? What are you talking Nothing, I'm fine. Middle of the road, yes. No highs, no lows. Um, what is your most favorite word? My most favorite word. Um, it's a hard one. There are a lot of words. It is a hard one. 
I think right now it is aligning. Mm. Oh, that's a great word. Yeah. 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 Um, two more questions and then we'll let you go. If you could have dinner with one person dead or alive, who would it be? Or who would you choose, I should say? Hmm. You know what? It's, I think it sounds kind of wild, but it would be Jesus. Yeah. Because, and I'm surprised that's what came to me. I'm like, no, I'm not going to say that. Yeah, no, it's Jesus. Because, um, you know, in one of the um, chapters, well, I say this too, but my mom, when we would have to make a decision growing up, you know, about good or bad, my mom wouldn't get involved in it. And for the most part, she would say, well, what would Jesus do? That was before it was even a thing. Uh. And so in chapter one of the chapters, um, three, I think, uh, they have, she has, the girl has a conversation with her mother about what would Jesus do? Right. And so, so you could go through your whole childhood and be like, what would you have done? <laughs> and so I think so having the conversation with Jesus, I would like to meet Jesus like before propaganda. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And the last question, and I don't know why I always get teary when I ask this question. So I'm going to try to say it without getting up into my head. But if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Oh, what would Jesus do? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Oh, well, thank you again, Debbie, for coming on the show. We'll be talking to you again soon. Um, in the meantime, for our listeners, you guys have already found us. So, you know, thepsychicwives.com on Facebook at The Psychic Wives. Uh, there will be a link to Debbie's information as well as a link to Amazon where you can buy her book. Uh, so definitely uh, pick up a copy of it. It's, it's well worth the read. And it's one of those... Um, you won't read it just once. Right. Basically book. So thank, thank you everyone for listening and we will uh, talk to you again very soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Psychic Wives podcast with Ginger Hendry, Jerry Carabin, and Kathy Rumsey, where we discuss everyday living with a twist. To learn more about us, please visit our website at www.thepsychicwives.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at The Psychic Wives. If you would like to support us, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And feel free to share our episodes with anyone you feel would benefit from listening. Sending you all peace, love, and light.